It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA, from the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down, break it all down the stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Welcome back to the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA 547 is the number if you would like to get involved. Also via email, 610KONA.com. Bottom line, page your name where you're listening, what you'd like to say on Twitter at bottom line 610 and parlor at the bottom line 610. Uh, you know, it's interesting. We just got a great email from John in Kennewick said on the topic of changing names, well, Chief Seattle, Seattle's namesake, was a slave owner until he had to free them. Where's the petition to change the city's name? And, yeah, he owned slaves that he captured during raids. Yeah. So where's the outrage? Come on, come on, woke. Come on, woke crowd. See, Time to change the name to Seattle. But see, the the people that subscribe to that train of thought, whenever you, whenever you confront them with that kind of a scenario, well, they just turn and walk away because... They don't want to. They don't want to hear anything that might even be, const- you know, construed as a logical train of thought. And it's it's maddening on one level, um, because they just want to scream and yell. That's really what it's about. I, I this is slightly off topic, and I'm probably going to get some haters out there, but. Such as life in the big city, right? Yes, the big tri cities. So one of the things, and this does this does have to do with it because it it is all kind of interwoven in in today's world, and and it's the the Black Lives Matter movement. We've talked we talked about well we've talked about it a lot, and we talked about it in the last hour where it's starting to come out in a more mainstream way that the BLM Black Lives Matter movement is not necessarily about all black lives. Certainly, if you say all lives matter, you get shouted down. Um, but it's not even all black lives matter. It, it, it only has to do with white police officers exacting force on black individuals. That's that's and. Fine. If that's if that's the protest, then fine. Maybe a name change might be in order, but you know, so people don't get confused that, you know, black lives matter don't mean all lives matter. Okay. My point is this. And we've had a bunch of people on this program call in and say, Well, I get Black Lives Matter, but don't all lives matter? And a lot of people think that. And it's been a conundrum for me personally, not not differentiating between the two. But why is it that when when an African-American person says black lives matter and a white person or another black person or an Asian person comes back and says all lives matter, do they completely lose their mind? We've seen it all over the all over the country. And it's something that has bothered me, you know, why, why that reaction? You know, you don't 
care that all lives matter? You know, what is it? And I, 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 I may have found my actual answer, and I'm not, this isn't a joke. Um, I, I, I seriously have been looking for an answer to this question. And it was uh, from the rapper Ice Cube, of all people. He put out something uh, not that long ago, I think maybe even over the weekend. And whether you agree with what he said or not, to me, it's at least an explanation where some people are coming from, which I appreciate. I'm always trying to understand people. Uh, it's a full-time job. The What Ice Cube said was that when, when I say Black Lives Matter and you say all lives matter, you are diminishing what I am saying. You are, you are taking my voice away because I am saying one thing and you are inserting something different. I had to think about that for a moment, but okay, I get it. Right now, the protests, if they were consistent, right? If they stuck to, if they stuck to, they, they want to end the numerous cases of white police officers having a hand, so to speak, in the death of black people across the country, and we've seen it over the years. If that was their main focus, okay, say it, be consistent, I'm behind that, I can, yeah, I can live with that. But that's not what's happening. The BLM movement is, is broadening out, and when, you say, and when you try to broaden it out too, you get shot down. So I, I got at least a little bit of insight. All you have to do is look at their website to see what it's all about. No, all you need to do is know for a fact, and we brought this up on the show uh, a couple weeks back, all you need to know is that if you make a donation to BLM, it goes into a fund set up by the Democratic Party. And that money may or may not go to actual things to help, Black Lives Matter more, but it will help get Democrats elected. It goes to Act Blue. Act Blue. That's right. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? So this is James and Kenwick. Hi, James. What's up? So with the police brutality thing, which I'm actually all for, I don't agree with the police brutality. I think we actually should look at it. But the original Black Lives Matter movement was started, if we remember correctly, from a Trayvon Martin case where a quote, white Hispanic shot a black person who wasn't even a cop. So I don't know what they're morphing it into or if just someone's hijacked it or what. So I don't even know what they're about anymore. Well, that's, I mean, and that's part of the issue too, is that um, for some people, Black Lives Matter means something. And for others that profess to be in the movement, it means something different. And and that's where some of the issue comes from. Let's go back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from today? Hey, guys, this is Matt. What's on your mind today? Well, I don't know uh, if I should be offended or have my feelings hurt about what you guys are talking about. But uh, anyway, I don't know if they put it on the news. If you guys saw what happened in Portland, uh, Pioneer Square Park, where they have the uh, life-size uh, elk, they're, they're statues, the life-size bronze yes. elk statues. And they went in there and rammed it with a car or a pickup truck and damaged it so bad that they had to take the elk statues down 
because it was it was no longer safe to be there. So there's another statue for you that they're tearing down. It's a, it's an elk. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're tearing every, anything well, down. Okay. Anything down. Appreciate the call. Supposedly, and you know, again, I'll just say it. Supposedly, according to those protesters, that was a symbol of white supremacy. I don't know. I um, all I can say is, once in my life, I was living in Montana at the time, uh, late at night. Just outside of Missoula, I was driving back home, and I hit a deer. I hit an elk and uh, killed it, messed up my car pretty good, shook me up pretty good. But never once did I feel conflicted over my white privilege by hitting an elk and killing it in Montana when I was younger. 547 You can email the show by going to the website, 610kona.com. Go to the bottom line page and send us your question or your comment. that cares what you think. Call in now, 509-547-1610. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. The number is 547-1610. And if your business is reopening under this modified phase one and you want to make sure that you've got all the protections you need in your insurance policy, contact Jason Hogue with American Family Insurance today at jasonhogue.com. And find out, are there any additional things that you may need to add? What exactly are you looking at operating in a COVID-19 environment in a modified phase? If you have any questions about what you've got, or if you're wondering if what you have is completely going to cover you, contact Jason Oak today, the only American star certified rated agent with American Family Insurance in the Tri-Cities. Visit his website, jasonhogue.com. So a couple of interesting things. Uh, we got a call from Carlos off the air about... Just, you know what? Why don't we just get rid of all government? Well, that's what kind of part of the BLM movement is about. It's yep. getting rid of the government. It's it's going to a Marxist society. Defund it's, police. It's the, all that, that stuff. stuff. Yep. And so I don't, I don't think that that would work in any way, shape, or form because you do have to have some kind of guiding thing. Um, so if people were nice to each other and could be trusted, well, maybe. But can, yeah, we, no. we, the, the human race, I don't care what color your skin, the human race has proven time and time again, it can't handle a higher, too much freedom. Yeah, you know? A higher, hierarchy is as old as humanity. So, I mean, and that's really what government is. It's a hierarchy. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 K1A. Your name, where are you calling from? This is Andrew from Kennewick. What's going on, Andrew? Well, I think the problem is, is this newer generation that's coming up is raised totally different. It's a cultural thing. It's not, it's not the fact that there's a high percentage of people being killed by cops or anything like that. It's actually really low. The thing is, is people are raised to hate. That's the problem. And I'll, I'll leave off with a quote from a good admiral. If you want to change the world, start by making your bed. There you go. <laughs> That's a good one. There you go. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. I, I, you know, I don't know... Uh, I see where the caller's going, and, and, I, and I like it. I appreciate the call. 
I don't know if it's so much that this generation was raised on hate. Again, I go back to the victimization. Uh, So many people were raised to be victims. And what happens when you do that? Well, you go looking for somebody responsible for the the predicament that you're in, because it certainly isn't your fault. When When you're in a victim culture, and I'm not talking about actual victims of actual crimes and, and, and injustices, but way too many people think they are victims. So you go looking for somebody to blame. And that is where the uh, hate is a byproduct of that mentality. It, it's, so in some ways, we shouldn't be surprised that it is a lot of not all, but a lot of white kids, and I say kids because I'm an old fart now, all these white kids in their 20s, thereabouts, who went to college and only learned certain things and not others, were raised in a certain way or developed through their contacts, this victim, you know, you are a victim, don't it's not your fault, little Johnny. You're the victim. Then they go out and they look out. You know, they, they want to get back at whoever did this to them. Well, clearly it was the government. Clearly it was whatever. Well, now it's you. You did it to yourself. Why? Because of something I did? Nope, because you're white. Here's the the thing, though. We still are looking at this and and. and I think this is where some of the focus needs to change. We're looking at this as individuals. It's not. No, it's, this is not individuals. These, these, this is this is. That's what I'm org- saying. It's a, it's yeah. a generation. But no, but it's not even that. It's an organization. It's a very well organized group that has managed to convince yes people that uh, much like any other cult, yes. you, you've managed to convince people who are looking for something. That what you're peddling is actual and legitimate. But the biggest difference is, today, you get more misinformation than you get real information. So you can peddle whatever you want, and if people see it on social media, they think it's true. No, you're absolutely right. I I, I think we're both right here on this. But my, my point is, the individuals of a certain generation have, have been primed, if you will, yes. for... For entities out there that take advantage and want to do that to them, look, this is this has been going on since the beginning. I you know I don't care if you're talking about you know gangs that look for people you know or you're looking you know for cults or uh, frankly some religions all go looking for people that are quote unquote lost. And they bring them into the fold with the promise that you will always have a place with us. And look, that is that is what's going on. In it, I'm I'm not just talking about BLM here, although I'm beginning to wonder about that particular group. That enough bad actors have taken over it and distorted the message to the point where it is that, or maybe it's just organically developed in that direction. But they're not the only ones. They're not the only ones. I'm saying is that we are seeing 
more prevalence of this and this desire to to tear down and reconstruct police departments, entire governments, getting rid of the past, wanting to start fresh and wanting to put all the bad stuff behind us. It all comes from this victim culture. Think about it. You know, if you've ever, if you've ever yourself or you've known somebody who's gone through therapy, okay, as as you sort out or sort through whatever it is that you went to therapy for, in your mind, whatever whatever the stumbling block was, the therapist will tell you that you got to go through this progression and find out where it was where something happened, okay? But it is, it's it's all based on you are not the problem. You are the victim. Somebody else did this to you. And there's so much of that. It's re- It's been reinforced in colleges. We've seen that. Not all colleges, but we've seen it in, in university, at the university level. They play into it. They build it up, and now you've got an entire generation of young people who don't know what to do with themselves, and they're looking for something. And look, when you've been told that there is so much injustice in the world and there's nothing you can do about it, but you're part of the problem— yeah, you're going to want to go and try to fix that and join groups like BLM or other things to take up the cause because you feel it's not only right, but you need to do it to make it good in your own head. I, that's, that's To me, that's what it boils down to. This has always been around. We've always seen it. You know, you go back to the 60s and the flower child movement. Same thing, a generation was looking for something, trying to find themselves. They found other people who wanted to find themselves, and they all got together. Trick now is we've got the internet. People can meet up a lot quicker than they did back then. But it's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's manifesting differently, and it's manifesting in a much on a grander scale because of other things, 24-hour news cycle, we're always seeing this. Uh, you know, it, it, people are, are getting, people are already amped up anyway, you know, whether it's from the politically charged environment in this country the last few years, whether it's now the, the COVID thing, everybody's amped up. And that's, that's where I think, that's how I feel we've arrived to where we have arrived. With cherry picking, of course. Cherry picking on who, on who, who you, I am? On, no 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 cherry oh. picking on on who and what you want to make a focus. Well, sure. Because for example, as we as we mentioned, the chief of Seattle was a slave owner. Um, how many people in their history lessons were taught that the Cherokee Nation joined the Confederacy? Well, that's fake news. Eighteen sixty one. No, fake news because they held more black slaves than any other Indian tribe in America. They were a part of the Confederacy. They actually made a declaration of causes to join the Confederacy. 
I guess if you're going to go, I mean, if you're going to go after everybody and you're going to point to everybody that owns slaves, hey, you go after everybody, right? Or do we only just pick and choose who we want to go after that owns slaves? Can't get in by phone? Give us your bottom line through email. Send your thoughts from the bottom lines page at 610kona.com. Back to the bottom line with Rob and Ed, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610-KONA. Bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA, 547-1610, if you would like to get involved in the program. CBD American Shaman, across from the Grain Elevator on Clearwater in Kennewick. They are your spot for all-natural CBD products, and it's amazing the technology that they have, the nanotechnology that breaks down the CBD oil to where it's water-soluble. And that is present in the two newest products, CB Night and CB Go. CB Night can help you find that full, restful night of sleep, particularly if you've been thinking a lot about COVID-19, if you've been wondering when you're going back to work or wondering when you can reopen your business, if you haven't had the best nights of sleep, CB Night may actually help you, and it won't give you the groggy hangovers that some over-the-counter nighttime sleep aids may do. Stop by CBD American Shaman today. Ask about CB Night, and if you need that extra pickup in the morning, ask about CB Go. They're across from the grain elevator on Clearwater in Kennewick. So as we continue this discussion, we had a well, we had an example in our own backyard, Ed. Kinda. We had our own Jesse Smollett almost. <laughs> almost? Well, I guess you could okay. well it didn't involve a beatdown. Okay. Uh, but uh a a former candidate for Humatilla County Commissioner went to police and said that he had found a letter in his mailbox that was racist, full of hate, full of homophobia and misogyny. And this candidate filed a report, contacted the police, said that said this is this is just this is the type of racism that I have to deal with on a regular basis. <clears throat> Well, it turns out that uh, Jesse wrote the letter himself. He wrote the letter himself. He wrote the letter himself. And people wonder why that there is a question about things when you have individuals who write fake, hoax, hate, racism letters to themselves to try and gain attention and claim that they are a victim of something. And then to have the nerve to turn around afterwards and say, well, well, I, I, I'm, just, I'm just putting this out there because this type of racism exists. No, what you wrote exists only to you because you crafted it. You created it. You put it in your own mailbox. You contacted the police. You filed a report. I was going to say, that's, you know, if you want to play that game, I guess that you have a right to do that. You can play whatever games you want. Well, as soon as he went to the police, then he filed a false police report. Yeah. And that's a big no-no. And, and, and here's the thing. According to the individual, saying it was a misunderstanding and, and only wanted to talk to the, 
to the sheriff about racism in Umatilla County and, and use it as an example of the type of racism that people experience, well, most people that get a letter like that probably take it to the police. Um, do people experience racism in this country? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. absolutely they do. Yes. But to to try and and ride the coattail of the events of the day by faking a letter, putting it in your own mailbox, and then trying to backwalk it by saying you don't intend to mislead the public, hey, sorry, no. No, you were trying to mislead you the public. You absolutely were trying to mislead the public. Here's the other problem. The guy is a member of the Hispanic Advisory Committee in Hermiston. Uh-oh. Shouldn't be for much longer. Well, I would hope not. We would certainly hope not. Yes, they're also checking into possibly some false claims regarding um, the voter's guide, where he claimed that he uh, served in the U.S. Coast Guard but didn't, Oh, which would be a violation of the Stolen Valor Act. Mm. Yeah. Hasn't provided any documentation to anybody to confirm claims of serving in the Coast Guard. So this 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 guy just has a couple of things sitting there. But seriously, what does it say about somebody if you would literally do something like that? And the reason why I've, I've mentioned it in connection with the Jesse Smollett thing is why would you stage something when people know and people already do understand that, you know, Racism is a problem. It's a problem, period, no matter where you are. This country, any other country, racism is a problem. But then to try and and make yourself a victim, create the crime, knowing full well that if this gets found out, you're going to be in some deep water. Again, if you if if you are a part of the victim culture or you think you can take advantage of the victim culture, you don't think you're going to get caught. You don't think that far ahead. And it's what 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 drives me nuts about that stuff is you get enough of those type of cases, the boy who cried wolf where the town's not going to believe when something really happens. Absolutely. That's what drives me nuts. Because there is plenty of things that, you know, there are victims out there. There are victims of horrible crimes, mental, physical, and sexual, all that stuff. And, 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 you, and when the more that you have this, you know, well, everybody's a victim. No, everybody's not a victim. And here's the thing. Let's I, pay attention to the real victims. I don't need to put the guy's name out there. I hope he feels significant amount of shame for what he's done. I don't need to shame him on the air by using his name or anything like that. At least not until Friday afternoon. Right. <laughs> it could be a donkey running through Umatilla County. But, uh, you know, it's unfortunate. It really is. Because if you need that kind of attention, if you really desperately need that kind of attention, there's a larger problem there, and it's not one that the police can solve. But it's an absolutely despicable act. It is an absolutely despicable act. 
it's unfortunate that somebody would think that they need to write a letter and put it in their own mailbox to heighten their profile and claim they're a victim of racism. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 K1A. Your name, where are you calling from? He's also a criminal. Yes, that is true. He, yeah, he's got a criminal record from back in Virginia. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's a pattern. I mean, people like that, uh, you know, start down a life of crime, and I guess apparently you just continue on in it. I'm not saying that people can't get out of that stuff, but good sakes. And, and you know, and that's it. And, and, it's, and it's, it's an interesting point because when you, when you compromise certain aspects of your value system, when you do it once, you may learn a lesson if you get caught. If you do it twice, you may, you know, the more you do it, the more you go down that road, the less likely you are to feel any kind of remorse for it. Now, I, I don't know about what happened in Virginia, but, you know, to think, to sit down and think, I'm going to write a letter to myself and make it really horrible and nasty and about racism. I'm going to write a letter to myself. And you think that's a good idea? Think about that just for a second. I have never known a single person that is identified as part of a minority group that has ever done anything like that or would even think about doing anything like that. To write a fake letter and claim that they were a victim of something. Now, that's just the people I know. But I've never, it just boggles my mind that you would try to make yourself the center of that type of negative attention, knowing full well that it's fake. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 K1A. Your name, where are you calling from? Hi, guys. It's Joe. What's up, Joe? This is the problem with racism and all these other issues that we're having today is people can't let it stop. Once the momentum builds, you know, they have to be a part of this. They want to be a part of fixing it. They want their minute to look like they've done something great. If you notice... Well, you mentioned Jesse Smollett. He did it, and this guy did it. And it also happened with the Me Too movement, how many of those. And I think all these are great great things to get people aware of stuff, but how many women in the Me Too movement were found out to be frauds? And you see what I'm saying? It, it's this, I've got to be famous. I've got to be part of this. I don't, I don't want to be into this. And they set back the movement. They set back the cause immensely because people say well it's all a lie how many of them are lying and so you know they just hurt the cause by doing this worse than anything they could possibly hope to achieve by helping it appreciate the call as always joe and you know joe hit on something there and and maybe maybe i'm i'm maybe i missed the mark maybe we shouldn't be blaming um institutes of higher learning for for stirring up this victim culture. Maybe it is people just wanting to be famous for doing stupid things. We now can point the finger to one person why we are here today, Rob. Jerry Springer.
now back to the bottom line on News Radio 610 KONA, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509 547 1610. Final few minutes of the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. And uh, last night, word came out that. Um, an individual who dominated the news in the end of the 90s, 1997 to be specific, Mary Kay Letourneau passed away at the age of 58 from cancer. Yeah. And we, we put the story up on our on our Facebook and our website and everything, and, and there were some people that were wondering, like, well, why is this news? It's It was news, and, and, and it, it deserved to be recognized because if you go back to that time, it was the perfect storm. 1997, the late 90s, was the era of tabloid television. Mm. It was the most popular things on TV were Jerry Springer, Maury Povich, Jenny Jones. I mean, Ricky Lake, all those. Absolutely. They were all over the place. The lowest common denominator sitting in a chair in front of a studio audience was ratings gold at that point in time. And here you have tabloid TV. You have a Jerry Springer script playing out in real life. You have a school teacher at the age of 34. With four kids and a husband and it looked like the perfect family having an affair with her twelve year old student who impregnates her. I mean, literally, that is a Jerry Springer script. And it's playing out in the real world. But it also was the first time the conversation was started about women can be predators too. Yeah, that's true. Because we never looked at it that way. It was always looked at as, you know, men prey on young girls but not women prey on young boys because the mindset was always, well, you're 14, 15, 16 years old, and you got a shot with your teacher. You're not exactly looking at it like you're a victim. You're looking at it like you're the luckiest guy in school. But when you turned it around and you thought about the trust factor that was built, the taking advantage of that relationship, the trust in your teacher, and then that line gets crossed, then you take it a step further, and she only serves a year, and she gets let out, and the sentence was practically nothing of what a guy would have gotten. And then after a year, what's the first thing she does? She runs right back to the student, gets caught, and goes back to jail and serves her full sentence. But the conversation started about, well, wait a second, this is just as wrong. Yet we're still at the same conversation because I'm sure you remember, what was it, last year, maybe a little bit longer? It seemed like every other month there was a teacher, a female teacher, getting arrested for having an affair with an underage student, ranging anywhere from 14 to 17. And I think there was one that was 18, but because they were still a student, they weren't considered to be, quote, an adult because they were still a high school student. There's something weird in that one. But Mary Kay Letourneau was the, was the flashpoint for all of it. And she went on and, and, and they got married. Yeah. And they were married for like 15 years. And they had two kids. Yeah. And then they got divorced like last year or something. Yeah. Or the year before. Fair, fairly recently. Yeah, yeah. fairly recently they, they got divorced. But she was from Seattle. Mm-hmm. So it was a huge story. Now, I was still back east at that time. But it was all over our newspapers. Sure. 
Because it was like, whoa, what, what, 12? Yeah. 12 years old, really? I mean, people were creeped out at 12 years old. It was like, he's 12. She's 34, he's 12. She's almost triple his age. But we still haven't gotten to that part of the conversation yet where people give it the same weight, where they look at it the same way. They don't call her. I mean, she has not been called once in a story a pedophile. You know that? Mm-hmm. Not once has she ever been called a pedophile. But that's what we would call somebody that's a guy that did that to a 12-year-old girl. You call him a pedophile. Yeah, even if the same, even if the rest of the language was the same. Well, we're in love and we want to be together and they ultimately get married. And, you know, if, if the whole thing would have played out in reverse, completely different. Absolutely. Completely, completely different. Completely different. And look, we've had cases around here in the last couple of years of male teachers that have abused that trust yes. with female students yes, and have rightfully gone to prison for it, and they get the condemnation they rightfully deserve. But the Mary Kay Letourneau story, there were people that looked at it in a different light. They didn't look at it as a 34-year-old woman taking advantage of a 12-year-old boy. Oh, my gosh, they really are in love. What, what, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? It doesn't matter in any way, shape, or form at all. It doesn't matter if they're in love because you know what? The 34-year-old male teacher said the same thing about the 12-year-old girl. That's right. But nobody's saying it in regards to that. So there is still, there still exists this, this the double standard when it comes to that same crime being committed by a woman versus a young boy to a man versus a young girl. And they're both horrendous. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. Your name, where are you calling from? Betty from Richland. Hi, Betty. You got about 30 seconds. Go ahead. She did serve seven years in prison, second time she got caught with him. Yes, she did. She served one year. She got out. They were caught together pretty much right after she got out, and she was sentenced back to serve the rest of her sentence. But they let her out after one year. Yeah, but she served seven eventually. Yes, but they let her out after one year. Yeah, that's, she would that's not have, the problem. She would not have served that if she hadn't been caught. Exactly. Yeah. If she didn't run right and catch up with him, she would have been out of prison after a year for having sex with a 12-year-old boy and getting impregnated with his child. So <laughs> there are no guys, there are no 34-year-old guys getting out of jail after a year when they have sex with a 12-year-old girl. Doesn't happen. Not in this country. Anyway. No, but so we we wanted to throw that out there in our last segment because it was the one of the biggest, if not the biggest, story in the country in 1997 because it was tabloid television in real life in an era where that dominated everything. You couldn't have written a more salacious script than the Mary Kay Letourneau story, regardless of whatever she did over the course of her life. She does deserve, like everyone, to rest in peace. That's all for the bottom line. Stay tuned. All your news and weather forecasts and much more on the Afternoon Report. Stay with us.